0: Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax
1: largest 5g networks nope it's the ding oh yeah love the ding right it's all about the ding it's the dingarooski the dingarona. the ring-a-ding-ding
2: unleash your power to save with boost get a free samsung galaxy a23 5g phone when you switch boost mobile unleash your power and the ding limited time offer new customers only available on select networks 5g not available everywhere one device per line tax excluded additional restrictions apply see your local boost mobile store for details
0: What do you mean he went searching for fresher powder? We have full classes today. Instructor down at Thesper Ski School. Toward each other to snowplow, honey, not away. She needs more ski instructors to slalom through the day-to-day. Pizza? Fries. Whoa, really? No, pizza, pizza. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Yes it is, and
3: welcome in to another edition of the show. It's Wednesday, happy hump day everybody, happy noontime. Jack Johnson alongside, bringing you episode 437. You can call us, as usual, 316-669-4996. You can text us, as always, anytime you want. 316-247-0923 is a text line. You can tell your smart speaker, if you're puttering around the house, to, tell, to play KKGQ. tune in on your phone, ESPNWichita.com, on your laptop, on your computer. Follow us on Twitter, be our friends on Facebook. It is March 8th, and we are headed for a high of 51 degrees today in Wichita. All right, today, here's what we got for you, besides our moment of levity in our day. We uh, have some interesting news out of the whack. And it has to do with tournament seedings for their conference tourney that cranked up yesterday and last night. It, uh, spoiler, it kind of has to do with, well, it does have to do with Ken Palm rankings. And I thought in the first segment we'd talk about that and see if that's the way of the new world. And. For those of you that don't know, I'll tell you who Ken Pomeroy is. That's his real name. Pomeroy is his last name. I'll tell you who he is. give you a little rundown of who Ken Pomeroy is, and how he got started, and how he has totally affected the seeding of the WAC tourney. The WBC is upon us, and we'll have some audio from Mark DeRosa coming up in the second segment. And Jack can give me his assessment of how that game went down last night at what, 10 o'clock between?
4: 10 o'clock and then got a glimpse of uh, Chinese Taipei and Panama at 5 this morning.
3: <laughs> so it was the Netherlands and Curacao or somebody like that at Cuba. Cuba, that's right. Yeah, it was Cuba. And Cuba had some dude that pitched in Japan last year that looked pretty good, at least for a little while. I know it tweaked Jack and I both. Uh, so, anyway, we can talk w- WBC at 1225. Then the Twitter tournament round two rages on, round two of the serial tournament. We'll have some headlines and some Chris Klein audio. And 1 o'clock hour, he uh, spoke to the media after he sat down and had a little spring ball talk. Uh, so, we'll hear from him coming up at 1 o'clock. Uh, Jerome Tang, Coach of the Year. Not surprisingly, so we'll talk about him. And Wichita State women's basketball had a real, uh, well, they had a historic win yesterday. And they continue their run through the American tournament down in Fort Worth. So we'll talk about that, all that at 1 o'clock. What a moment, coming up at the bottom of second hour, wham, we call it. Uh, Some historic audio that we'll, uh, we'll revisit. And we'll talk about all that, and then I'm old Jack Young to wrap up the show. So that is what we got for you today. And without further ado, a midweek edition of Jack Johnson's Moment of Levity. Fire away, Jack.
4: Well, this is actually so unfortunate because I just had my, my joke pulled up, and then I pulled up the Ken Palm rankings, and I forgot I used the same tab as i did right? <laughs> my me, joke pulled up so i got
3: tell me a knock knock joke then
4: oh hold on hold on i can still pull oh. up a good dad joke here don't worry i'm, oh, I'm quick good. i'm quick with looking up some stuff so here we go okay my wife rearranged the labels on my spice rack haven't conf- oh i don't know if i can say that <laughs> i okay, can't Dom. say that one
3: hey on. i think uh my wife um what was the one about uh I told my wife to let go of all of her, God, what was it? And then she let go of me or something. Uh, have you seen that one lately? I, I one think I across. have. Yeah, I can't remember the punchline, so that's awful.
4: We can do this one. Here we go. This one. This one's PG. I tried to walk into one. <laughs> I realized the punchline was not uh,
3: <laughs> sufficient usually, enough. They usually are usually fine. Totally safe, yeah, yeah.
4: A shark can swim faster than me, but I can run faster than a shark. So in a triathlon, it would come down to who was the better cyclist.
3: Yes. Yeah, I saw that one yesterday, too. I (laughs) dig that one. All right. It's March 8th. It's International Women's Day. Each year celebrating the social, economic, and political achievements of women around the world. National Peanut Cluster Day is today. I like me some peanut clusters. Had some over Christmas. Couldn't get enough of them. My sister makes them. Quite well. Melted chocolate mixed with peanuts. Perfect combo of sweet and salty deliciousness. I concur. National Proofreading Day. National Registered Dietitian Nutritionist Day. Perhaps clashing with peanut cluster day. And it's National Oregon Day. Jack? What state is Oregon? Nickname and or which one to join the union?
4: Let's go 34.
3: <laughs> 33. <laughs> and what state is it? What's it called?
4: I want to say it has something to do with a trail, like the Oregon Trail, but it wouldn't no. make sense. No, it wouldn't no. be the duck state, would it?
3: No, but you're on the right track. Ooh, Process it's going of to be a bird. It's going to be a bird. No. Oh. No, if it's not a duck, which is the nickname of Oregon, what would it be? The beaver state. It's the beaver there state. Exactly, yes. Uh, tomorrow, we'll have five days to tell you about on March 9th when we get there. 1817, the year. March 8th, the New York Stock and Exchange Board is formed. In 1863, the name would be changed to New York Stock Exchange. Originated at 68 Wall Street and can be found today at 18 Broad Street in the corner of Wall Um, Let's see, 1948, in McCollum versus Board of Education, the United States Supreme Court rules for the first time that religious instruction in public schools is unconstitutional. Birthdays, 1839, Josephine Cochran, American inventor uh, patenting the first commercially successful dishwashing machine. 1943, Lynn Redgrave, the American-winning British actress, brought to life countless roles, both stage and screen, in her nearly 50-year career, Lynn Redgrave, born 1943. All right, so the WAC tournament, among others, started yesterday slash last night in basketball. And... I found it interesting that uh, I think about this time yesterday, I determined this, discovered this, I guess, college basketball's embrace of analytics has transformed how games are played, how performances are measured, and now how a conference seeds its tournaments. The Western Athletic Conference made a groundbreaking decision this offseason, and I'm not sure how that slipped by me. It could have been because it's a whack, but, you know, whatever. No offense to the whack, but... Instead of finish in uh, uh, determining seeding by order of finish, conference records no longer matter to determine postseason tournament seeding in the WAC. Instead, it has introduced an analytics-based seeding formula that also accounts for teams' non-conference schedules and results. So WAC teams are now rewarded for scheduling better opponents and winning and getting dinged for scheduling worse opponents and losing. Now, the formula was concocted by Ken Pomeroy, who has become uh, college basketball's most respected advanced metrics expert. Jack, let me ask you this to start with. Simply, have you ever heard Ken Pomeroy speak?
4: I've only seen his Twitter account.
3: Okay, I've never heard him talk either, and I'm, I'm with you. So kind of, kind of curious about that now. kind of always have been, but uh, anyway. So uh, his ratings have changed how the sport is understood from fans, sports writers, odds makers, and even coaches rely on KenPalm.com. I've been there a million times. I'm sure Jack has too, and a lot of our listeners probably have too, to see how Wichita State's doing, according to the Ken Palm and the analytics KU fans, you know, pretty much everybody. Well, his involvement brought a level of legitimacy to the WAX new seating system, which was the brainchild of League Commissioner Brian Thornton and Associate Commissioner Drew Spiro. According to Thornton, the goal is to, quote, enhance the resumes of all our institutions and create the best possible resume going to the NCAA tournament for our automatic qualifier. The NCAA doesn't seed strictly based on conference records. The NCAA used your entire body of work. So we wanted to incentivize teams to schedule a little more challenging opponents during non-conference play. That was League Commissioner Brian Thornton. Now, as it turned out, most WAC teams were seated within one or two spots of where they finished in the regular season standings, but The men's and women's regular season champions, Jack, both failed to earn number one seeds. Utah Valley, in the men's side, finished atop the league standings, and Sam Houston finished second. But Sam Houston is the one seed, and Utah Valley is the two. As far as the women are concerned, Southern Utah won the league. Stephen F. Austin finished second but they flip-flop for the tournament, which began on Monday. Well, Jack, some people think that the whack is trying too hard. I kind of like this, especially for a non-Power 5. I think it might catch on. What about you?
4: I think it absolutely should catch on because it rewards teams that are a lot better than what their record says. Now, I know a lot of people, Shane, that hate that saying, right? Because they'll go, no, you are what your record says. If you are 19-12, and well, you lost those 12 games. You can miss me with the, well, we shot poorly from the free throw. I think the only thing that Ken Palm does that's kind of stupid is the same thing the NFL did was that – the adjusted score. It was like yeah. it, if it went this way, or there wasn't luck involved. There wasn't a call here and there. They would have won the game. Well, should have would have. Funny that
3: out. Ken Palm has luck.
4: It does, yes. Yeah. And the luckiest team per Ken Palm is Alcorn State, who is 240th in efficiency this year.
3: By the way, Alcorn State beat Wichita State, then didn't luck into it either. But go on.
4: <laughs> but it, I think it's a a better example of who really are the best teams in the country because you look at strength of schedule. You look at offensive efficiency. You look at defensive efficiency. I mean, you go top to bottom here, there's no real shock. It's not, it's not like it's going to be a, a culture shock where you have a team that finished eighth and they're like the best in Kenpa. That's not going to happen. Right. Like True. Houston is number one, UCLA is a two, Alabama a three, Yukon's a four, Tennessee's a five, Purdue's a six, Gonzaga's seven, Texas is eight, Kansas is nine, Arizona's ten. If, All you those.
3: Got a, if you got a brain in your head, you don't have to really squint to understand why those guys are where they are in the Ken Palm, right?
4: Uh, absolutely. But then it brings different questions to the table here because this is where it gets fascinating to me is like range 11 through 20. How about West Virginia being the third highest rated t- – team, or excuse me, fourth highest rated team in Ken Palm? They're above Kansas and, State.
3: Now, hold on now. You know – don't go down this road. You know – that the Big 12 is not going to go to Ken Palm in order to no. seed its tournament. Okay, will not. so just just so we're clear. Okay, yeah,
4: go on. They're not going to do it. I think it would be more so the mid-major conferences because you have Correct. a team like St. Mary's, who's 11. And nobody would ever predicted St. Mary's, even though they're usually the only team that gives Gonzaga fits in the WCC. They destroyed last they did. Night
3: by Gonzaga. Yeah, They
4: did, but they're still better than Creighton per Ken Palm, Marquette, Baylor, San Diego State, and Xavier. You know, you have teams like Arkansas. Who, you know, I'm not a huge advocate for Arkansas because they also had a top two recruiting class. They were right behind Duke and they had the number one player in the recruiting class. So 19 and 12 doesn't really do it for me. I think that's more so of an underachieving team at okay. 19 and 12. They did have some injuries, but it also shows you, like, when you see the record of 19 and 12 and they're not ranked, you'd go, huh, they must not be very good. But Ken Palm looks at the talent of the players and they have a lot of five stars out there. It just gives you a better grasp. Going into the NCAA tournament, right? We're all betting people here, Shane. I know you and I are betting men. Mm-hmm. I know Pat's a betting man. We we throw back and forth ideas. March Madness is a great time to bet. I'd use Ken Palm. I wouldn't go off record here because you'll see a team that's like a a 13 seed and on the surface you will just "Uh, oh, I'm not going to pick them out of the upset because I like UConn or I like uh, Indiana. Like Indiana is mm-hmm. seen to be as one of the weaker four seeds in the NCAA tournament. Look who that 13 seed is. Where are they at in the Ken Palm ratings? Because we've seen this year with this entire breakdown, you find value in teams. You find teams that are overachieving and are not very good per Ken Palm. You find a team like, let's say, Florida Atlantic. Florida, eight, Florida Atlantic is 28th in the country in Ken Palm. Like they're a team that could be an eight or a nine seed. They're 28 and three out of the Conference USA. So they're higher than Indiana, who's 30th. Duke is 31st. You can find that value in teams. You can find their offense efficiency, how good they are defensively, how much luck they've had this year. I think the luck one is probably the most fun to look at, the luck rating, yeah. because yeah. you get a team like Missouri. Missouri is in the top 10 in luck rating, and they're 56 over their own Ken Palm. That's the only school I can see in the top 10 in the Power 5. Like You, just, you run into certain scenarios like that, and it maybe determines how far you think that team will go. Kansas – is, I want to say, 13th in the luck rating. And I think you always need a little bit of luck to get far in the NCAA tournament. But Kempom breaks down all of this, and there's so much data to look at. And I, you know me, Shane. I'm a big analytical nerd. I like it in baseball. I like it in football. And this, to me, is a little bit of that analytical approach in college basketball. And it's not hard to find either. It's not hard to follow. It's just how efficient is that team, how efficient are right. offensively, defensively, how much luck they've had, and their strength of schedule as well.
3: And honestly, if you want to break it down to the degenerate side of this, Ken Palm tells you how fast they play, their pace and points per possession, things like that. So if you want to bet on overs and unders or sides and you can't figure out why Gonzaga and St. Mary's was 139 last night when Gonzaga averages 88 points a game, that will help explain why. So anyway, uh, so if the goal is to win NCAA tournament games, then this approach probably would make some sense and could spread to some other one-bid conferences like the WAC. By giving the number one seed to the team it believes has the best NCAA resume, the WAC increases the chances of that team making the field, earning a higher seed than any other WAC team, and ultimately winning a game or games. The WAC isn't the only conference getting creative with new ways to improve NCAA tournament resumes. Five years ago, Conference USA adopted a new schedule that pitted its top teams against each other down the stretch. I think the American did this not long ago, too, uh, which strengthens their schedules and give them gives them more chances of high-quality wins. Every conference certainly wants to win as many NCAA tournament games as possible, and some are willing to go to extreme lengths to set themselves up for success, and the whack is on to something, as far as I'm concerned. A couple of years ago, I think I'm right about this. Excuse me. You mentioned, Jack, about luck. And luck is defined at least partially by Ken Palm um, by how many one possession or games within five points that a team wins or loses. And I want to say during Wichita State's uh, American Conference championship run a couple of years ago, I think they were one of the luckiest teams in the country. And I don't luck for you know, the layperson, you look at a team and say, Oh God, they got lucky. No, this has analytics behind it. And then you're not you're not necessarily destined to continue to be lucky year after year after year. It's almost like in football, wouldn't you agree, Jack? If the Chiefs led the league in turnover margin, that's not something that's sustainable from one year to the next. That's generally luck, right?
4: A hundred percent. And good,
3: good way, good way to look at this in yeah. a sports perspective. You're lucky that you won a lot of uh, one possession games. You're lucky that you were plus twenty in the turnover margin. If you're an NFL team, that's probably not going to happen again uh, one year after the next.
4: Yeah, I think it's a great way to measure it, and also at the same time, you know, when you look at the Ken Palm ratings, uh, we just brought up the luck rating, and you said, you know, there's teams that are incredibly lucky in the conference tournament. You want to look at luck first and then go to their strength of schedule. For example, I mentioned Kansas being about 13th on the luck factor. Well, they have the number 1 strength of schedule in the country. The average offense they face is usually or top 3 in Ken Palm, and the average defense they face is top 2 in Ken Palm. So mm-hmm. when you look at the luck factor, and it's those one-possession games, well, who are their opponents, right? If their luck factors really high, like Alcorn State, well, they are a really lucky team because they're also not playing a very – hard schedule so always factor that in when you're looking at luck and how sustainable it is if the luck factor is high if they're top 20 but they have a really tough schedule then they're a good team they're not just benefiting by luck they're just winning a lot of those one possession games having some luck but also not always on that benefiting side because of how hard their schedule is
3: now getting back to ken pomeroy who is he Well, he created the college basketball website and statistical archive Ken Palm, of course. Uh, It includes his college basketball ratings, statistics for every NCAA men's basketball team, with archives dating back more than 20 years. He's also got a blog. Everybody's got a blog. Uh, His work on tempo-based basketball stats, as Jack and I have kind of uh, touched on here, is compared to many... Uh, compared by many to the work of Bill James in baseball. As of the spring of 2012, Pomeroy was also an instructor of atmospheric sciences at the University of Utah. Yes, he used to be a weatherman. He earned an undergraduate degree at Virginia Tech, graduate degree in atmospheric science at Wyoming, of all places, and after working as a meteorologist for the U.S. government, he quit that job to focus full-time on his website. So he probably made the right decision. Although, being a weatherman for the government, probably not terrible work either. And he previously worked with the Rockets, Houston Rockets, with General Manager Daryl Morey. He's written articles in the Times, ESPN.com, SI. And he was a co-author of the 2008-09 College Basketball prospectus. And he's been an author for the last four years. But his big deal is his website, Help to Explain Basketball on a Possession-by-Possession Possession Level. Um, one of the measures that Ken Pomeroy uses is called Log 5, a proprietary blend of data for projecting the likelihood of teams advancing in conference national tournaments. It, it If you've never been to KenPom.com, and once you get there, you see all the teams and the abbreviations it's kind of intimidating but it's kind of like baseball reference just just take some time click through it hover over all the all the uh, categories and it'll explain what they mean and who's ranked where um and of course his accuracy uh, the accuracy, accuracy of his rankings in predicting game outcomes and game flow has been noted by everyone um, and he currently works oh, works at the University of Utah and lives in Salt Lake City. That's Ken Pomeroy. That's who he is, and that's what he does. And the WAC has decided to seed its teams according to who's where in the Ken Palm in the conference tournaments. Speaking of the conference tournaments, more tickets punched last night. Most of these teams are going to get, Uh, Seeds in the teens, obviously. Most of these are lower major uh, schools from conferences that will probably only get one bid. Uh, I don't know if Fairleigh Dickinson did it last night. I think they did it a few days ago. But they're probably going to be a 16. They won their tournament. Or Roberts blistered North Dakota State last night. ORU projected by Joe Lenardi to be a 12 uh, so the Summit's probably a one-bid league, but ORU, I think, won 30 games. Uh, and they were. it was interesting. They were talking last night that if ORU hadn't beaten North Dakota State, even though they had an obscene amount of wins, their net wasn't good enough. The Ken Palm and the net wasn't good enough. They probably weren't even on the last four-out list. But they get in as they routed North Dakota State last night. They'll probably be in the 12 range. Uh, Northern Kentucky, likely a 16. They punched their ticket. And a couple of 14-ish seeds, also in Louisiana, out of the Sun Belt, and Furman, likely a 14 as well. Uh, Jack and I briefly uh, mentioned that Gonzaga took apart St. Mary's. That was really never a game. Gonzaga is likely to be a three, and St. Mary's is likely to get in uh, as a two-bid league or at least two out of the, uh, the West Coast Conference. But Gonzaga probably a three seed. Uh, we'll see how things shake, uh, shake out. But five more tickets were punched last night. And there you have that with the whack turning to the future, trying to hook up their teams that try to help themselves. All right, last night the World Baseball Classic got going. Uh, late last night and into the middle of the night in the wee hours of the morning. And we will talk about it. Jack's a big WBC guy, and I don't mind it either. And who is likely to win it, who's favored, and some audio from our skipper, Mark DeRosa. All that's coming up. It is 1225 here on a Wednesday. Shane Dennis Show.
0: You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show.
2: On ESPN, Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, But to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com.
0: First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver.
2: here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat.
0: Into the corner for three. Yeah!
2: Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the Wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Thursday, Kansas State faces TCU in the Big 12 Tournament. Hear the tip-off at 8.30 right here on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM.
3: 1228, WBC is upon us, World Baseball Classic. Back to, I guess as normal as the World Baseball Classic can be or ever was, Um, a couple of, uh, what was it, 2017, I believe, there were 16 teams that competed in it uh, prior to, it being interrupted by COVID. There'll be 20 teams competing in it this year uh, with the 16 teams that competed in the 2017 World Baseball Classic and four additional qualifiers, Great Britain, Nicaragua, Panama, and the Czech Republic. Uh, last night, it got underway at uh, Taichung, Taiwan, with a pool A game between Cuba and the Netherlands, who won that, Jack?
4: The Netherlands won four to two.
3: Really? Okay, so Cuba's the Kingdom not sh- of the
4: Netherlands, actually, that's how you have to to call oh. them.
3: Yeah, my bad. Uh, not your brothers, Cuba anymore. But uh, the the team that's favored to well, I'll just tell you where where uh, the United States is pool wise. They are in pool C. With Canada, Colombia, Great Britain, and Mexico. Pool B features Australia, China, the Czech Republic, Japan, and South Korea. Pool D has the Dominican, Israel, Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. Top two finishers in each pool advance to the quarterfinals. If you're not familiar, the country that's favored to win is the Dominican Republic. Uh, They have, among others, Juan Soto, Julio, Julio Rodriguez, Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Manny Machado, uh, Willie Adamas, Johnny Cueto, Johnny Cueto, Jeremy Pena, yeah. Um, Sandy Alcantara. Was, is that the dude from the Marlins? Yeah,
4: they got a oh. loaded staff. Christian Javier Jeez. as well from the Astros.
3: Wow, oh, okay. Good luck. Um, Japan has the next best odds. The uh, Dominican plus 200 uh, as of few days ago. I don't know about now. Uh, two-time WC, WBC winners Japan has the next best odds at plus 230. The United States, of course, features Brady Singer and Bobby Witt in addition to Mookie, Goldschmidt, Trout, ornato Oronado, Aronado, I should say. Um, they are at plus 250, U.S. is, followed by Venezuela, South Korea, Puerto Rico, Czech Republic faces the longest odds to win it. Uh, four stadiums will host will host, including Pool A in Taiwan, Pool B and quarterfinal games at the Tokyo Dome, Pool C games at Chase Field in Phoenix, and at Lone Depot Park in Miami, we'll have Pool D, quarterfinal, semifinal, and championship. There are 47 games. And they are aired across a kind of a myriad of Fox stations. Um, where, where was it last night? Was that Fox Sports 1 where we had to go?
4: Uh, that was I did, anyway. FS2, I think it was FS2 or FS1. I can't remember if they're broadcasting on both. I think I was watching an FS2.
3: Okay. Were you watching it on like an app or something? Uh, YouTube TV. Yes. There you go. Yep. Well, I have cable, so I think mine was uh, FS1 and channel 60. Uh, so. Tuesday, last night, was first game. Today, first thing in the morning, like Jack said, at dark o'clock, Panama and Chinese Taipei. Uh, tonight, Australia, so- South Korea, Panama Netherlands. And then on Thursday, there are four games. Friday, there are four games. And we don't play until Saturday at 8 o'clock against Great Britain. And there will be a bunch of games on Saturday starting at uh, 4 a.m. Central time in the morning. So, uh, the WBC field not only set, but we're off and running. And if you're a fan of the United States, you're going to have to wait until Saturday to watch our guys play. Speaking of our guys, Mark DeRosa met with the media not long ago. So, let's hear what he had to say uh, ahead of the World Baseball Classic. Here's Mark DeRosa. D-Road, take me
1: into the room, man. <laughs> take me into the room. What was that moment like addressing this
4: collection of talent?
1: Yeah, pretty humbling and pretty, I mean, so honored. Honestly, when I stood up, I thought about what I was going to say to them for three and a half, four months almost. And to to be in there and to see I mean, the greatest players in the world Kind of listening to what I had to say was was truly humbling. I just wanted them to understand this is this is different. This is not an exhibition. This is a competition. It's quick. You're coming out of two weeks of spring training where you can kind of ease into things. Man, there's going to be 45,000, 50,000 people in the stands when we play Mexico. It's on. like, And that's that was kind of my message. I just wanted them to understand, you know, the rah-rah stuff over 162 falls kind of flat at times seven games in 11 days it doesn't fall flat it's a sprint so like we have to become a team quick yeah so how do you do that yeah i think by i think it's been done to be honest with you jp um from the moment i was named a manager andy pettit the pitching coach we have had unbelievable conversations with all these guys i wanted them to walk in the room today and not feel like they were meeting us for the first time or the players. We spoke to all their pitching coaches, all their managers. We know how to handle them. What's expected? How to get them back to their parent club, healthy in one piece? But kind of like a Bronx Tale, right? Now you can't leave. I got you in the mm. room. Now you can't <laughs> leave. So <laughs> we're, we're going. For I love it. that movie. Yeah, we're going for this. We're you, going for this. You've got so many options at the top of the lineup. Yeah. How, how exciting is the option of having Trey Turner be your leadoff man? You know, it's funny. I, I'm actually going to talk to Trey today. I haven't spoken to him except to say hello. But after careful consideration, we're probably going to probably going to lead off Mookie. It just makes sense the way our lineup's constructed. Um, I've asked everybody under the sun, the whys and hows, how to create the perfect lineup, how to be not give not not give our opponent any chance to uh, to kind of find a window or a lane for them to bring in somebody that that could have success. So. The other team's got their hands full. You you really can't go wrong with this lineup, to be honest with you. You can, you can kind of put it in a hat, but there'll be a rhyme and reason to why we do everything. What about the rhyme and reason for Game 1 from a pitching perspective? Do you know who's
4: starting, Who's yeah. piggybacking that
1: start, or do you have a plan? I have a plan. Um, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll announce it. Adam Wainwright's going to start Game 1 for us. I think he's the perfect guy to set the tone for this rotation. Um, we've looked at it a myriad of ways. What the what the opponent teams can and can't do, who makes the most sense, who sets the tone for us, the why's and how. So it, it'll be Waino getting the ball and get us get us rolling.
3: Adams' teammate Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. What does it mean to have his presence along with Nolan Arenado as the two returning position players from last time? Yeah,
1: on? I think the thing for me is the fact that Paul in 2017 will tell you. Himself didn't have a great tournament. Narek Cosmer ended up playing the majority of the time, and for him to be so quick to want to come back here, he's made it known to the guys on this team, and he's spoken to them about the fact that, listen, it's going to come quick. There's a reason I'm back and uh, wanting to be a part of this, and Nolan's been one of my favorite conversations from, from the start of this thing. I mean, probably spoken to him just about as much as anybody, him and Mike Trout, so trying to get these guys to feel like I don't necessarily think there needs to be an alpha in the room. I think you let that happen by itself. But if there is one, it's probably, you know, a Mike or a Nolan. When that speech started, there was an alpha in the room. Mark Rose, <laughs> in your life, is that one of the top 20 Dad, coolest moments of your life? I felt like I was getting married. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't know You dig. know that nervy feeling, yes. like your whole world's watching. Yeah, That's but, great. Honored. And, and, and honestly, humbled, and I wanted them to know how much I appreciate what they do. Mm. Greg, we get paid to watch them every, every night, and blown night. away by their talent. And I wanted them to know that. But I also wanted them to know, like, how quick we need them to come together as a team. There's a reason they're here, right? No doubt. They're putting USA across their chest for whatever personal reason they want to. Who they want to play for? So I wanted, I wanted them to understand we need to become a team quick, and honor why. You're putting this across your chest. you man. We're proud of you, buddy. Yeah, thank We're you. D-Rose, Skipper of USA. Thank you.
3: All right. That was good stuff from uh, Mark DeRosa. Again, Saturday, uh, the U.S. taking on Great Britain, 8 o'clock on Fox. And apparently Adam Wainwright will get the start for the U.S. We play Mexico the next night at 9 o'clock and Canada on Monday at 9 o'clock. Uh, we've got to be emerging from that pool as one of the top two teams at least, right, Jack?
4: Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that the U.S. will get out of pool C because who they have their sights on in the WBC, you never want to look ahead. But uh, like you said, I mean, the DR is loaded. Mm-hmm. Japan, uh, I think the one problem for the U.S. going into the WBC where the DR and Japan kind of have their one-two punch, Japan, of course, has Otani and Yu Darvish and the DR is going to have Sandy Alcantara and then Christian Javier. Right now, the one-two punch for U.S. is probably Wano, Adam Wainwright, and Clayton Kershaw. Brady Singer could get a start or two, but it is a little bit of a limited pitching rotation. Jamison Tyone, another name uh, to add in there for Team U.S. but that's Lance, kind
3: of, Lance Lynn's on that team, yay well, or nay?
4: Lance Lynn is on the team. I don't know if he'll be a starter. Uh, he's actually good in the spring, so maybe they will give him a starter too. But not to yeah. worry, that's kind of the same thing that the U.S. had in 2017 when they won it all, their first WBC championship. Like Danny Duffy was getting starts uh, for Team U.S. So they're pretty much loaded offensively, whereas the other teams, the DR is probably the only team that's loaded on both ends, and they also have an incredible bullpen. It kind of concerns me as well that the, the U.S.'s bullpen isn't as stout as a team like the DRs. But yeah, to get out of pool C, as long as there's no major hiccups or injuries to happen, I'd expect to, Team U.S. to easily get out of pool C.
3: Alright, so coming up tomorrow, uh, it's National Meatball Day. This is kind of a spoiler because we tell you what day it is every day, but tomorrow's National Meatball Day, so you can celebrate at Twin Peaks with the spicy meatball skillet served with to- uh, toasted garlic bread or the spicy meatball parmesan with a stuffed toasted hoagie roll served with seasoned french fries. Coming up, uh, a little bit Later on, this weekend and next week, it's the St. Paddy's Day costume party in at Twin Peaks. 21st and Rock and Wichita or Ridge and Taft, if you live out west. And then, of course, they'll have the Selection Sunday show. Head into your favorite lodge and fill out your bracket in person. Uh, otherwise, you can go online to do that. You'll automatically receive a free chips and queso bounce back just for showing up. So if you go on Sunday and fill out your bracket in person after Selection Sunday. They'll just give you some uh, free chips and queso bounce back just for signing up. If you want to do it online, go to TwinPeaksBracketChallenge.com to register and learn more as you get ready for the madness by signing up for the Twin Peaks Bracket Challenge. It's 1241 when we return round two of the Serial Wars Tournament. On Twitter, at ESPN Wichita is where you can go. Already in the winner's circle in the Final Four is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It survives. Who's next? We'll tell you who the quartet is and who's leading. The Twitter tournament rages on. We'll talk about it next. It's 1241. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita.
2: What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. KC fans, it's time to celebrate another championship. And there's no better way to do it than with a delicious Warbeard Irish Red, the official red ale of fans of Kansas City football. After you take that first sip, you'll want to hoist it, just like Big Red did with the trophy. And just like the team, Warbeard Irish Red is at the top of the heap. It's the number one selling locally made craft beer in Kansas. So as you celebrate your team being the best, grab a six-pack of the best beer. Warbeard Irish Red. The official beer of
4: fans of Kansas City football. What does it feel like to be in Kansas City, the soccer capital of America? To hear thousands shouting as one.
0: To see waves of sporting blue. To hug total strangers. To be a part of something bigger than any of us. What does it feel like to be at Children's Mercy Park?
4: It feels like home. It's showtime in Kansas City. Sporting opens the season at home on March 11th versus the L.A. Galaxy. Grab your tickets now at SportingKC.com.
1: Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate on that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out you didn't use enough
2: anchors. Wait, you didn't use any anchors? (laughs) Now you've got an open floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me.
0: Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
2: Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. It's championship
0: week, and ESPN Wichita is headed to Kansas City. The Shane Dennis Show and the Pulse with Me, Pat Strumpfman, will be broadcasting live for the Big 12 Championship Tournament
2: throughout the week. We'll have the latest analysis from games, post-game audio with coaches and players, and much, much more from the T-Mobile Center. Our Big 12 Championship coverage is presented by Enhanced Wellness and Derby and the Kansas Contractors Association.
0: Your home for the Big 12 Championship is ESPN Wichita. Now, Two point three FM.
3: It's twelve forty four. We are on a Wednesday. Tomorrow and Friday's show will be from Kansas City. If you Paid attention to the promo and last stop set. Pat told you that. We'll be up there at Power & Light covering the Big 12 tournament. We'll have some special guests for you. A special Pulse show tomorrow. And special, by special I mean elongated. Pulse will be from 2 to 6 tomorrow from Power & Light. Uh, I'll have a special guest tomorrow in the second segment. He makes his return to the program, Uh, Mitch Lightfoot, scheduled to join. And we'll talk a lot about the Big 12 tournament coming up. We'll talk, get a lot of audio for you. We'll also uh, keep your eye on Fort Worth as WSU and Tulsa will start the American Conference Tournament down there at 6 o'clock. It won't start it, but that's first day. Wichita State will play Tulsa. Uh, that's on ESPNU, starting at six o'clock. Shockers sixteen and fourteen, Tulsa five and twenty-four. You talk about a pitfall, uh, trap, all that stuff. Wichita State, Tulsa tomorrow at six o'clock. So we will uh, again be on location at the Power and Light District starting tomorrow and Friday to uh, get you ramped up for the Big 12 tournament, which actually starts tonight. we got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. The winner of West Virginia and Tech will play Kansas. So we'll have our eyes on those tonight and give you the very latest from Kansas City on Thursday and Friday, Shane Dennis' show and The Pulse with Pat Strothman, starting tomorrow at noon. So we look forward to that as... The conference tournaments ramp up and tickets continue to get punched. Uh, listening to the uh, the Border Patrol this morning and Todd Lebo's very own Oklahoma Sooners probably faced with having to win all the games up there, all four, four and four days in order for them to get in. Probably not as problematic for many other teams. Uh, Jack, would you agree that uh, OU, of course, it's almost impossible. they got to win it all. But would you also agree that Texas Tech is the only other team that's not safe that might want to win at least one? Everybody else, okay. Let's say you.
4: I, I think Oklahoma State's going to need a win here. I, okay. and I, I think okay. they likely need two, dare I say, because – Already, they're on the bubble. I think Joe Lunardi has them as one of the first teams out, if not the next four out. And they are 17 and 13 right now. They've lost four or five, and they get Oklahoma up first. You beat Oklahoma, congratulations, you beat the 10 seed in the Big 12 tournament. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, where they really had a top five spot in their sights, about Three weeks ago, it was around Valentine's Day when they hosted Kansas. In fact, mm-hmm. it was on Valentine's Day when they hosted Kansas and had a chance to leapfrog the Jayhawks, who, of course, went on to win the conference outright. It's bonkers to think about, but this Oklahoma State team, they need a bit of a miracle. They're going to need to beat Oklahoma and then beat Texas to even have maybe a fighter's chance to get into the NCAA tournament because of that sluggish start at the they're the not sluggish start, a sluggish finish to the regular mm-hmm. season. They're gonna need two wins in Kansas City. I think West Virginia, they need to beat Tech. It doesn't matter then if they lose to Kansas. They're right now predicted to be a nine seed. But I think the first seven teams in the Big Twelve, they're pretty much safe. As for the Cowboys, Sooners, and Tech, they're going to need a little bit of a push, uh, more so the uh, the Sooners and the Red Raiders likely need to get to the championship game, if not win it. The Cowboys need about two wins uh, to get into the NCAA tournament.
3: Okay, so a couple games tonight, and then it'll really crank up starting tomorrow uh, over in Kansas City, and we will be there for you to bring you all the info that you want to hear about and all the people you want to hear from. All right, the uh, Twitter tournament continues Round one is in the books. Uh, It has to do with breakfast cereals. They are the greatest of all time, as ranked by me. And Cinnamon Toast Crunch is moving on. The number one overall seed took down 53% of the vote yesterday. And it was pretty much just a battle for second. Um, Grape Nuts really leveled off. Only got 18% of the vote. Honeycomb, 17%. Apple Jacks, 12%. So... It was as I ranked Cinnamon Toast Crunch. In other words, the number one overall seed uh, breezed through their their bracket. Cinnamon Toast Crunch moves on to Monday's championship round. Uh, who will join them? Round two is up right now. And my two seed is getting a run for its money. And so for as. Smart as I thought I was yesterday, you voters are punching a hole in my uh, seedings when it comes to today. My number two seed was Cookie Crisp. Cookie Crisp, the 15-seed Raisin Bran, the 10-seed Lucky Charms, and the 7-seed Frosted Mini Wheats are in the quartet today. And unless something drastic changes, there's plenty of time left to vote. If you haven't headed over to Twitter, please do so. Vote and retweet. But right now, the 10-seed Lucky Charms, 43%. Out-distan- outdistancing, at least for right now. Frosted Mini Wheats, 29%. And then Cookie Crisp, who I, which I am in love with. But they are duking it out with Boring Old Raisin Brand for third and fourth place. In this bracket. So kind of probably making Jack happy. Lucky Charms is setting good in this one. Didn't you uh, have them as your sleeper or the, the oh, one yeah. that look out for Lucky Charms? Isn't that what you said yesterday?
4: Absolutely. They are an absolute sleeper in this tournament.
3: Well, they are getting 43% of the vote. Frosted Mini Wheats, 29%. Cookie Crisp, 15%. Raisin brand 13%. Tomorrow, we're going to have the three seed Golden Grams, the 14 seed Rice Krispies, the 11 seed Fruity Pebbles, and the six seed Frosted Flakes. Maybe the toughest quartet, in my view, anyway. And then on Friday, It'll be Honey Nut Cheerios, Crunch Berries, Cocoa Puffs, and a cereal to be determined. That's, oh, Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. Cocoa Puffs, Fruit Loops, Crunch Berries, and Honey Nut Cheerios. So anyway, we've uh, got four more up there right now. Uh, Cookie Crisp, Raisin Brand. Lucky Charms, Frosted Mini Wheats. Please vote, retweet, write in if you want to or make comments. Uh, you know who's going to be in it now uh, that I spilled the beans. Uh, I was taking a task yesterday that uh, didn't have Wheaties on there. Look, Wheaties, I hate to say it. Like, if I include Wheaties, I've got to put cornflakes on there, right? And how many votes would they get? Honestly. Oh. How many, how many votes would cornflakes get percentage
4: wise? Maybe 15 percent.
3: People actually enjoy and eat cornflakes? Some have to. Right. I I guess. You know who I also left off was the uh, checks families. The family. Ah, the Chex, Rice Chex. Yeah. I know. See, and I hate to be this way. And the text the uh, tweeter yesterday was right that we put far too much value on sugar. But if I'm going to eat cereal, I want it to taste good, and unless it's kind of sugary, I don't think it tastes good. Like to me, that was the only way that uh, grape nuts, when I was a kid, was palatable if I put some sugar on it.
4: Yeah, you got to. You really got to make an effort to make checks taste good, unless you just S- like bland cereal.
3: H- Same goes for Wheaties, kind of.
4: Yeah, right? I-, I don't think Wheaties are good at all.
3: Yeah. Well. We'll see about uh, the the last non-sugar or really fla- over flavored cereals left in this tournament are Raisin Bran, which is up there right now. It'll be Rice Krispies um, tomorrow, and I guess to some degree, although it's this is what makes this is what took the place of Cheerios, Jack. I included Honey Nut Cheerios because just Cheerios, I mean, unless you're giving them to your your infant to eat while they're sitting on their their, uh, high stool, high high chair, that's really all that uh, Cheerios, just regular Cheerios without sugar on them, are good for, your little kid. Hate to be that way, but uh, let me have it if you have to uh, on the text line for being too sugar-centric on this uh, breakfast cereal tournament, 247-0923, if you want to take me to task. And I don't mind if you do it. All right, uh, coming up in hour number two, a Wichita State women's basketball team made a bit of history yesterday when they took down USF. USF was was the top seed uh, in the American conference tournament and had taken care of, well, pretty much everybody in the league, including Wichita state in, uh, the bulls trip to Wichita. But yesterday they, it's not, uh, overstating it that Wichita state made history. Um, and I will give you some details coming up, uh, at 1 o'clock and on top of the second hour. Also, we'll hear from Chris Kleiman. He'll have some spring football talk. K-State head coach, we'll hear from him. Uh, Jerome Tang, the awards continue to pour in for him. Also, um, we'll have some news and notes about uh, Craig Porter. He had an honor that was uh, announced a little bit um, earlier today, uh, Jerome Tang named AP Coach of the Year, and also Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel were on the first team. Give you some details about that coming up in uh, in the headlines in just a little bit. Also, what a moment coming your way uh, toward the bottom of the second hour. So we'll uh, we'll have some historic audio for you in a segment we call "What a Moment." Audio from yesteryear throughout the world of sports. So all that straight ahead, coming up in hour number two, as we wrap up hour number one. We're pretty much right on top of the hour, the Can Equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. Um, Before we do that, though, Jack, I want to get your thoughts on something that was in the news. Um, Well, it was on social. So if it was in the news, then it was – uh, carried for forward by people like me so i guess i'll take some blame here but did you see what lebron james tweeted about bronny his teenage son and some of the people in i think the g league that he was watching a day or so ago did you see that tweet
4: yeah he said like he's uh he's better than some of those guys around the league
3: yes Um, what do you think he really meant by that? Now, he didn't name names, so we don't know exactly who he was talking about, but, you know, grown men that are getting paid to play professional basketball, is he just kind of talking up his kid and thinking, well, one of these days he can at least do that, or do you think it was even more than that? Well, I'll
4: think number one here, and I know that LeBron is considered to be a very good dad, he has been presence at Bronny's games, has been presence at his other kids' games, and I'm blanking on his name now, so I think it's Bryce. Bryce, I think, is his littlest kid's name or the littlest uh-huh. son. Yeah. Uh, but this is probably the last thing you want to do for your kid that has the amount of weight of expectation that he already has with the name. Right, being named after him, being LeBron James Jr., but they call him Bronny. He's a mm-hmm. five-star right now going into you know finding see if he can go to play in college or go straight to the G League or play in some other league or play overseas or something like that. But you never want to do this because you know we saw this happen before, not saying they're going to be the same type of player. The Ball kids. Yes. Lonzo yep. Ball got hyped up so much by LeVar Ball, and without him saying anything, everybody hated him. Everybody yep. wanted to hate him. Everybody wanted him to fail. And though he still was a pretty good player – people will call him a bust, people will call him a loser, a bum, now he can't stay healthy, and that was because his dad said he was going to be better than Michael Jordan, he was already best in the league, and not saying LeBron's saying that, but the fact you're going to already go out there and say, well, he's already better than a lot of guys in the league. Well, let's wait till he gets in the league, and if he's really good, then you can make that statement, but... I think sometimes parents, they, they should never do that to their kid. Let their kid go through their own progress. Let them go through high school. Let them go through college. If they choose to go to college, then through the draft. You don't want to put that weight of expect, expectation on a kid that already is being compared to you, right? That you were this high school kid. And phenom. that's totally
3: unfair. It is absolutely unfair. one of the greatest ever, ever to lace them up. You want to compare his kid to him? Um
4: uh, and Bronny's not close no to what LeBron will no. even. I don't even think he's probably deserving of being a five-star, but because his name alone, he's likely going to get that five-star rating, and he'll have a lot of great offers to go to Power Five schools. But I think LeBron has been, overall, a very good dad to his two sons there in their basketball careers. But this, I think, was a little bit of a slip-up. There's one thing to have confidence in your kid than to go out there and say, Hell, he's already better than a lot of these guys out here, guys I'm yeah. playing against. Like, to me, I always, when I was growing up and playing sports, and I was, of course, nowhere near the level of where Bronny James was, but if my parents would have said, or, you know, sat there in my freshman games or my JV games and said, huh, he's better than the guys that are playing right now and vocalized that to other parents or posted it on Facebook, I'd say, you know what, uh, you're not coming to my games anymore. You're not yeah, going to say that. that be- down. Yeah, because yeah, now people are going to hate me for no reason because I have my parent saying I'm already better than the kids that I'm playing behind, and and that I think is unfortunate for Bronny because he's been quiet, he hasn't been overly cocky, and that was the same thing with Lonzo Ball. He didn't deserve all that hate, but it's because his dad was trying to live vicariously through him and try to pump him up, and he's being supportive. It's better than not being there, but I think some dads get carried away with putting the weight of expectation, sometimes not even knowing it. Right? Maybe – Bronny does have that confidence in thinking, hey, I am better than a lot of these guys. I can go to the league at 18. We've seen it before. But then you go and you play against grown-ass men, and Mm. they hear what your dad's been saying. And believe me, he's going to be hearing that over and over and over again, no matter if he's good or not. He could go in, be a great role player, and you know what? He'll get hate every single night because of his name. And that's so unfair for a kid who's not even going to be legal enough to drink.
3: And he's going to get everybody's best shot from the players he plays against, too, because of this, whether LeBron thinks or likes it or not. All right. Hour number one in the books. When we come back, some headlines for you. WSU women make history. We'll tell you how next.
0: Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.